It is Tuesday, May 4th, or not May 4th, June 4th, 2019. We're like Kushida, we're going back to the future. Welcome to twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks and welcome to HTM Sports. My name is Jargo, I'll be your host for the day. That's my man, the real RBV on location in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati Rick, welcome back to HTM Sports. It's me, it's me. It's that art of the beat of the V. Back again, hashtag HTM Sports and no, Jargo, I, I have to correct you here. I am not Cincinnati Rick quite yet, but hey, we got a half hour to talk some sports. Let's see where I can get. Yeah, you never know. You know, thing, We're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns a little bit later, and that's enough to drive any man to drinking. But we got to start off with the NHL F- Stanley Cup Finals. Huckleberry, you know, I, I might as well go ahead and get it out of the way where Jargo fucked up this week. I thought this series was going to be over in five games. Well, that's not going to be the case because we're now all tied up at two. St. Louis comes back last night, knocks off the Bruins four to two in game four. We're all tied up at two. Huckleberry, this Stanley Cup Finals, I, I was thinking that Boston was going to come in, make short work of the St. Louis Blues. That's not the case whatsoever. I was completely wrong about the St. Louis Blues. Hey, I, I told you, you were you were letting your location get the best of you. I told you the Blues were going to come in here swinging, and that's exactly what they've done. But it is kind of miraculous, you know, to see where they came from that game one. And we both agreed on this. You know, it was it was so defeating. It was demoralizing. Could they bounce back? And they absolutely have. You know, it's about leadership. It's about coaching. And the Blues are here to play. But I ultimately wonder. It, I actually, well, I was talking to a good friend of ours, uh, Johnny, two times the other day, and, and, and he he came to me and approached me with the thing that we've been talking about is that layoff. Mm-hmm. When you lose it between the pipes, so it, it's hot and cold here, and you're seeing that from Boston. Yeah, and last night St. Louis jumped all over them and jumped all over them early, scoring only 45 seconds into the game. Um, Rick, there's there's one thing that cannot go understated enough: the St. Louis Blues were in last place in January. Like this team has literally came out of nowhere. So I, I got a feeling I'm not the only one that wasn't believing in the St. Louis Blues. But one thing the Blues have done inside of this series is they are absolutely the aggressors in this series. Game one, Boston outshot St. Louis 37-20, to and since then it has been all St. Louis Blues. Game two, St. Louis outshoots Boston 37-23. to Game three, which was kind of the anomaly where Boston just blew them out, St. Louis still leads 29-23, and then last night, 37-23. They're just aggressive, man. They're, they're keeping the puck down in the Boston end of the zone. There's not a whole lot Tuka Rask can do. I mean, every one of those goals last night came off of a rebound shot. You, you can only stop a puck so much. Well, you know, it reminds me of, like, Adam Dunn baseball. You swing at everything, you're, you're going to hit him out of the park. Reminds me of my good friend Jerry Haas, happens to be sitting right down the bar here. Uh, he hits on every girl. That's the reason he's fucked 500 women. Tremendous. So we've got game five coming up on Thursday in Boston. So now we're down to a best of three, Huckleberry. Two of those three games are in Boston, and the St. Louis Blues are the best road team throughout these playoffs. Is Boston still going to pull this thing out, or is St. Louis going to win themselves their first game of well, I, I'm thinking about the excitement there. You know, if St. Louis can do this thing to bring the Stanley Cup there, I mean, you, you got to start talking about a new title town. 
possibly. You know, everything they've done. I mean, a grand slam, if you will, if they're going to hit here. Yeah, that was I, I still believe in Boston. I, I think they're going to get that hot hand back again. They just have so much manpower. I, I think when you really – the tail of the tape, line them up, Boston's got them. Then Boston defenseman got to give Tuka Rask a little bit of help. You saw the picture there off the open if you're watching at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. One of the things that went down last night, Huckleberry – is they're getting in Tuka Rask's head. Whenever you can get inside of a goalie's head, take him just a little bit off of his game, you're going to have a very good night. And that was absolutely the case with Tuka Rask last night. On the other hand, you've got Bennington, that rookie goaltender for St. Louis, who's playing some really, really good hockey right now. I just wonder if he's too young to know any better and the velocity of this moment. Uh, I'm going to throw a question here over here to uh, my terrific bartender. Dominic, who are you liking in this? Are you liking Boston or do you like St. Louis? He, he said basketball. Yes. So uh, he is going with Boston. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you know, St. Louis doesn't have a basketball team. Not that the Celtics are in it. But, you know, hey, I was wrong about that one, too. I'm still going with Boston. I think it's going to go seven, though. I, I'm, I'm with you here. I think they're going to stretch this thing out. I think – you know, going back to we were talking about the Western Conference Finals and how it was going to go down, you kind of had the blues done there. You know, it, and I said it's going to be an exciting series. We're going to push this thing out. I 100% believe this is going to go, you know, if it, if it goes six, it's still going to be exciting, but I think they're going to stretch this to seven. I think it would be devastating for St. Louis to lose Lord Stanley's Cup on their own ice. I, I really feel, you know, right now they're almost in that, like, Toronto with – in that basketball situation, they're so happy to be there. If you can get the seven and have that experience, it, I think it would be so you know so great for the city, so good for those fans. I think that's, but but don't settle. You know, you always want to try to achieve for a little bit more. And going back here, it, it, and I'll I'll throw you a, a little love here. Uh, what kind of renewed my passion for hockey? Going back, oh, I mean, so many years ago. Uh, I happened to be in Chicago when the Blackhawks were in in the Stanley Cup Finals, and Chelsea Dagger was taking over. And it was so infectious, and, and seeing just the vibe in that city, you couldn't even you you couldn't help but be just devoured by it, consumed by what was going on. It was so intense, so fun. You know, it kind of drawed me back into you know this amazing game that happens on the ice. It's crazy the speed of hockey. Not only is the game itself fast, but you can fall from grace real fast, too. Ask the Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you for the uh, segue, though, talking about uh, the Toronto Raptors. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA Finals. Golden State comes back. They were down 12. They open up the second half on an 18-0 run. Take game two in Toronto. Home court advantage now officially goes to Golden State. The first time the Warriors have gotten one up on but at what cost, Huckleberry? This team is literally falling apart. Andre Igudala is hurt. We have uh, Clay Thompson pulls a hamstring. Kevin Looney out for the rest of the finals with a broken collarbone. Kevin Durant still sitting in street clothes. How long can Golden State keep this thing up? Well, you know, it's called scratching. It's called fighting. It's clawing your way to the top. This is what this team knows how to do. Hey, I, you know, I was blown away. You know, they just, they kind of, just kind of stretched this thing out. They stole this thing, if you will, uh, pulled the tights, and got the roll up for this thing. 
But a win is a win. You know, it goes back to the interview I just had with uh, the, the Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling champ, Brandon Xavier. It's all about winning. Whatever you've got to do to achieve that goal, that's what they did. You're swinging your momentum. I still believe in the Warriors. Warriors, 25 points from six different players off the bench in the NBA Finals, which is just basically unheard of. You say if they pulled the tights, the guy that pulled the tights was Quinn Cook. Our Dookie, that's right, Quinn Cook comes in, hits three huge three-pointers, two of them right there at the end of the game, nine points. But I think – go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, you know, hey – if anyone needs credit, you know, we, we kind of reference sometimes, you know, we, we, we reference Colin, we reference things that we hear on ESPN, Fox Sports 1. You're the only individual, Jargo, that has been all overcooked this entire time, supporting him, backing all of these numbers, and he is going to be the unsung MVP of this final and these playoffs, and you, sir, have called it. Yep, I, 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 t- I love that kid. I loved him when he was at Duke, and I love the way that he plays at Golden State when Steph goes out. I think the bigger story here, though, has got to be Boogie Cousins. I can't believe that Boogie Cousins steals the headlines of Game 2 of the NBA Finals. He goes for 27 and a half minutes, returning from a torn quad, 11 points, 10 boards, 6 assists. Holy cow, when did Boogie Cousins remember how to play basketball? Well, he hit that double-double, and he had to come in here. He had to fill a huge role here, and he stepped up. And that's what players do. Let's not forget, man, this guy was recognized as one of the top one of the top talents coming into this thing. Kind of just went the wayside, forgotten. He has returned to that right now. Players play. You know the old, you know, the old slogan, man, shoot or shoot. He came to play. And especially with Kevin Looney going out with that broken collarbone. Kevin Looney, 6'9", 220 pounds. He goes out. That means Boogie Cousins is like the biggest guy on the floor for Golden State. And I think this is really going to become a problem going throughout these playoffs, especially if Kevin Durant can't come back. I guess my bigger question, though, Rick, is this going to get Boogie Cousins a new contract? I mean, this kid is basically playing for what is the veteran's minimum coming back off of a torn Achilles. They gave him a one-year deal and said, yeah, we'll put you on the squad. We'll see what we can do. I have a feeling that just off of game two of the NBA Finals, Boogie Cousins is going to land himself a job, whether it be with Golden State or somebody else. But I think Golden State would be awful smart to try to keep this guy. Well, I, I, I know he's he's known for his uh... – his wrestling breaking news and all those expertise, but William Aliasio just texted me and he said that uh, that Boogie's heading to to the Lakers. Yeah, we, we we've got an awful lot of rumors about the Lakers going on. Um, the, the Boogie Cousins one doesn't bother me quite as much as the other one that we're going to talk about. The concern with Boogie Cousins has always been his attitude. I mean, the guy was a baller. And then he tore his Achilles. I'm wondering if that's actually humbled him a little bit, and now he's actually playing team basketball. But Boogie is the kind of big I could see LeBron playing with. <coughs> he's a whole lot more uh, uh, Chris Bosh than he uh, is. You know what? Yeah, actually, you know, we well, we, we, we kind of joke about it right here, but I actually agree with you. I think that would be a tremendous fit. And that's someone that LeBron could absolutely use. As long as you're right here, if he is humble, he's going to play that role you know, and sit in that spot. It, 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 I mean, it kind of, if he could roll into like that Horace Grant spot for LeBron out there, 
that would be tremendous. Yeah, I completely agree. Let's flip the script. Let's talk a little bit about Toronto because I think Toronto's running out of gas, Huckleberry. I heard these numbers yesterday, and I couldn't believe it. I went and looked them up myself, and they're 100% accurate. Let's take a look at Kawhi Leonard. First round of the playoffs against the Orlando Magic, he shoots 55%. Second round against the 76ers, he goes down to 53%. Third round against the Milwaukee Bucks, he's down to 44%. And against Golden State, he's down to 38%. He scores 34 points the other night on 8 of 20 shooting. A lot of it came from the free throw. I think Kawhi Leonard is just playing gassed. I don't, I don't know if it's gas. You know, it's, it's so much pressure on him right now where they're looking towards him. You know, we, we have praised him. Everyone has praised him. The city has praised him. I mean, they're going to build statues in his name after that big shot. How much is he trying to put on his shoulders right now instead of, instead of delegating this thing? What got them there? He's playing some uh, Russell Westbrook-style basketball. And I mean, I feel like that's always kind of been the rip on Kawhi. He doesn't pass whatsoever. Uh, he has 34 points, 14 rebounds. Rick, I, I don't know. The more and more I think about this, you know, I think Kawhi should stay in Toronto. I think that his personality fits the Toronto Raptors and what they're trying to do up there. And then I look at the Toronto Raptors, and I think Kawhi is gone. Because they have absolutely no movement. Like, if, if you're going to run with Kawhi Leonard, this is your roster next year. They have zero movement on that roster. Well, I, I want to flip the script here a little bit. You know, we're, we're focusing in on just what Leonard is doing, what Toronto is doing here. Can we get some praise to Golden State? Maybe are they forcing these people to go into those ISO games? Or is their defense so good that where they're, they're structuring this thing to force it on that star to put it on their back and not and not dish the ball, not delegate what's going on? I don't think so, man, because you watched that game the other night. Toronto should have won game two. Toronto missed an awful lot of open shots inside a game two. It wasn't that Golden State defense that kept Toronto from winning that game. It was just Toronto couldn't make open shots. You, you, don't, you, don't, need, you don't always need an individual in your face. You always don't need upfront defense. It's about, you know, it's almost like, you know, we talk in wrestling. It's not about the impact. It's about the the aspect of it, the showing that drama. So if you're if you're freaking them out where they feel they have the shots that they're not really prepared for, that's just as effective as having your hand in their face. I just want to give a little critical state on that because they controlled the flow of the game so well. But I will, you know, on – as I'm saying, I'm giving credit here to Golden State. I want to give credit to Toronto that they still hung in there. Yeah, and, and the thing with Toronto right now is Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, they absolutely have to step up. And funny enough, when you bring up Lowry and Ibaka, those are two guys that are going to be on expiring contracts next year. I just don't know if there's any demand for anybody to pick up a Kyle Lowry or a Serge Ibaka until, like, the trade deadline right around the All-Star break next year, which kind of just leaves Toronto with their balls in a vice for a year. You hope that you can re-sign Kawhi Leonard, and if you do, you hope that nobody in the East gets any better. That's, that's really their entire game plan right now. Well, they've structured themselves that way, and I, I they they know more than we know. And I know there's individuals out there, you know, our, our great friend Big Ray or from the Impact Attack and all that, and all of our friends there in New York that are hoping. I don't see anyone really going to the East. I, I don't think that's the big movers. I don't I don't think that's where competitive ball is at. You know, it's it's going to continue to be 
the uh, the generals, if you will, to the, to the Harlem Globetrotters of the West. One thing I will give the Golden State Warriors and head coach Steve Kerr absolute mad props for. You know they had Kevin Durant on that plane, and they flew him all the way to Toronto, and they knew full damn well he wasn't going to play. But they made Toronto prepare for him, and that's a very different team when it's Steph Curry's team and when it's Kevin Durant's team. We've been over the numbers. They have to prepare for both versions of the Golden State Warriors. Hey, and that's a game changer right there. I mean, you're trying – and not even preparation, you know, from the management, the coaching and all that, but the players, your mindset, you know, who's going to shut down Durant if he's actually on that floor? You know, what capability is he going to be at? That's that's in the back of your mind. You're thinking about that. You know, in the forefront, you know he's probably not going to be there, but it lingers in your mind. It, it's there, and it scares the hell out of you. Clay Thompson – is going to play in game three. Of course, we don't know how effective he will be. A hamstring injury is never a good thing, especially for a spot-up shooter. We don't know if or when Kevin Durant is coming back, but as we were saying, there's the threat of it. What do you make of game three going back to the Bay? Does does Golden State just take care of business at home and this thing's over in six now? Or do you think that they, we're, we're on pace for a long series here too? I'm throwing, a, I'm throwing a huge pun out here. We are going to have a magnificent splash. I think you might see a blowout here. On which part? Golden State going uh, out Golden Toronto? State. I, I think the Warriors are going to go in here and represent. That crowd is going to be hot. They want this thing back here. They know what history is about. These guys are going to come out thriving and surviving and just take them to task, I believe. And, and truly right here. This is, this is going to test the Raptors, their, their intestinal fortitude right now. Can you fight? Because you're going to get everything. You're going to get the absolute best from the Warriors right now. Oracle is always rocking. And, of course, now we're down to a potential of three games left inside of the Oracle Arena as Golden State will be moving to a new venue next year. You can bet Oracle is going to be rocking. Let's uh, let, let's go back to the damn Lakers. I, I really was trying to avoid having any conversation about the Lakers on this week's show because we talk about them all the time, and the team is freaking awful, and it's just depressing for me. Really? I, I haven't noticed that we talk about them every week. Well, you know, that's what happens when you have LeBron James. Um would it, would it be hilarious if someone just came up and punched me in the face? That would be rather funny. I would enjoy it. Maybe we'd go viral and get a few more viewers here at Twitch.tv. Now I got, now I got my head on a swivel. Sounds legit. Um, let's talk about Chris Paul. The, the rumor is out there that Houston is ready to blow this thing up, Huckleberry. It's not working, and everybody is on the market, well, basically with the exception of James Harden, but Chris Paul is on the market, and we're hearing many teams that may be interested in vying for Chris Paul's services. If one of those teams is the Los Angeles Lakers, as we have heard reported, I am here to shit in Laker fans' Cheerios. You do not want Chris Paul. This is not Chris Paul from five years ago when we were trying to pull off that trade with New Orleans and we ended up getting Dwight Howard and the whole thing. This is not that version of Chris Paul. This is not Chris Paul cannot stay healthy, who has lost his shot. He's still a hell of a passer. He's a great point guard. But I look at this contract, Huckleberry, for 2019, 2020, $38.5 million. 2021, $41.1 million. 2021 to 2022, 
44 million dollars. The Lakers don't need that freaking headache. Well, is this is this a case of you're you're casting anything out there? I mean, it's just like going catfishing, and and you're using anchors to try to catch them as bait. Is this just throwing it out there, hoping that someone's going to buy? I mean, who's going to bite on these contracts? You talked about if anyone's going to go to the East, are one of these teams so desperate in the East that they're going to try to pick up a contract like this? There's no one going to bite on bite on this in the West in a competitive situation right now. It's an awful contract. Well, and, and what it comes back to though is your as you said, everything must go. It's an all thing rocket sale except for Harden here. If no one bites, if no one is interested, what does this actually mean for that franchise? I mean, is it going to put within? You know, you're shopping everyone. What is your interest here? You know, if if you told me, hey, Rick, uh, you know, I'm, I'm shopping you out, man. I might send you to Turnbuckle Talk. I might send you to Impact Attack like that. You know, I'm looking for somebody else. And then, you know, two weeks later, there's no interest, and I got to come back on the show. Where is Where is my enthusiasm? Where is my passion? I think what a lot of it is, is the advancement of fantasy sports and video games inside of our society. You know, as a Lakers fan, somebody says, hey, how would you like to have Chris Paul? Sure, I'd love to have Chris Paul on my video game or on my fantasy team. Oh, well, you have to pay him $120 million. No! I don't want Chris Paul for $120 million freaking dollars. That's the thing that people don't take into account. They're just like, oh, yeah, I'd love to have Chris Paul and LeBron James on the same team. Oh, my gosh, think of what would happen. No, you're thinking of what would happen if you had Chris Paul from, like, seven years ago and LeBron James from about five years ago on your team. This is not the same LeBron, and it's surely not the same Chris Paul. Well, you know, it goes back, you know, it's almost like in wrestling where you always hear, uh, so-and-so has earned better. So-and-so deserves better. Okay, if you're going to move somebody up the card, who do you move down? And what do you mean by they are deserve better? Where, how would you handle this thing? It's easy It's easy to point the blame. We talked about this last week on the Hidden Record Wrestling Podcast. We talked about it's easy to point blame, but no one wants to talk about solutions. So when you're faced with that, that value and you're talking about financials, it's not a reality. And at this point right now, he is aged out. He's not – he's going to get you to the playoffs. He's gonna, you're going to have an exciting regular season, but the ultimate goal is their championships, and you're not going to achieve those. This is more like Goldberg and Undertaker to me. Yeah, that match is going to happen in Saudi Arabia. It's just that it's a match that should have happened like a decade ago. And a decade ago, it might have been good. Now you just have two big names on a marquee in a five-minute match that's just not going to be very good. Let's, uh, let's throw things over to the NFL because today is the day, Huckleberry. The NFL is open for business. We have about 10 teams that are opening up mandatory mini camps today. One of them happens to be your and uh, I, I, I thought this was interesting because, you know, they had their uh, their non-mandatory OTAs and minicamps. And Dell Beckham Jr. showed up for one day worth of 10 days. It seems as though there's a little bit of friction inside of the uh, Cleveland Browns locker room because um, head coach Freddie Kitchens was asked, what do you want to see out of OBJ? 
and he says, I want him to show up. Well, today, OBJ has showed up in Cleveland. He has reported to minicamp. Huckleberry, I just have a feeling this thing is going to end a freaking mess. Hold on, hold on. We're talking about practice? Yeah, we're talking about practice. We're talking about learning the damn practice? offense is practice? what we're talking about. He, he knows how to run routes. He knows what he's doing here. He he's doesn't know the, the routes PR because trail. he doesn't know the offense. He hasn't learned it yet. You know what? Hold on, hold on. You, you, you played in the secondary. I played wide receiver. I go to any team and I know a route. He knows what he's doing. He is a perennial star. He is a pro bowler, Super Bowl champion. He's going to be fine. He's out on the PR trail. He's getting the hype up, baby. Things no, are he's getting fine. the hell out of Cleveland because he doesn't want to be there is what he's doing. No, 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 no. He's there doing it. He's doing the work in Cleveland. He's just not at the freaking – he's just not at the touch touch football camp. Come on. Do not be trying to throw shade on the land right now because whatever you got going up there in Green Bay is stinking like rotten fucking cheese. Well, that part I'm not actually debating. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Cleveland Browns finish with a better record than the Green Bay Packers. But I think that record's going to be all of about 9-7. I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. Both teams in Ohio will finish with better records than your Green Bay Packers. I think you're absolutely delusional. There is, I don't think that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win more than two fucking games. Andy Dalton is better than Aaron Rodgers. Okay, now you're sniffing some of that professor crack. Uh, let, let, let's uh, let, let's talk about something that, you know, this, was very, very, this one was very near and dear to me, Huckleberry. You being a wide receiver, me being a DB. I thought this one was just absolutely hilarious. The, the com competition committee has come out and said, you know, we're adding all these new pass interference rules in the NFL this year. Oh, but we're not going to apply it to Hail Marys. We can't apply it to a Hail Mary. You know what? If you're going to say we're not calling pass interference on a Hail Mary and me and you are standing down there in the end zone, I am going to blast your ass as soon as that football is in the air. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's correct something. I would blow by you in the first place. You would be nowhere ha! near me. So it, that would even be an issue, uh, and and you would. Hey, we stood side by side. I think you about come up to about what, what my elbow. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I just straight up take your knees out, man. Uh, you know what? You know that is a little dangerous. I don't want you to task me on that. I'm getting suplexed. Yeah, I'm getting my ass suplexed there. Yeah, this is the this second is you leave your feet, I'm taking out your knees, and you're ending up on your back. This is absolutely ridiculous. This, you know what this really is. Everyone was asking, "How's WWE going to respond to AEW?" This is how NFL is going to respond to the XFL. It's real. That's good shit, pal. That's good shit, pal. Yeah, this is obviously something that is being enacted by Tony Khan to uh, combat the XFL inside of the NFL. What do you think of this, man? Because the way that I feel about it, like we don't need a rule that says we're not going to call pass interference on a Hail Mary. You absolutely can have pass interference on a Hail Mary. I understand the refs are going to swallow their whistle 99.9% .9 of the time, but the second you come out with a rule like this, you're going to have safeties and corners just taking free shots at people on a Hail Mary. That's all this is going to be. Well, let me ask you this. Can you remember in the history of football, you've watched thousands of games, thousands of hours. Do you ever remember a an interference call ever called on a Hail Mary? No. 
And I mean, so, and, and it's so one of those all, things, there's interference on every freaking one of them. Well, no, no, I know. But all they've done now is put a focus on it where they've mentioned it. And now it's going to be another thing that people are going to scrutinize them for. They have screwed themselves by simply mentioning it. You're about to lose your headphones. Who was that? Somebody no. coming to punch you in the face, I hope. But no, I. Th- that's the thing. Someone, someone's coming up to steal my 24-7 title. <laughs> this, is, this is what I think is going to happen, right? You have taken basically the entire game away from the defensive backs and given the wide receivers every possible benefit that they possibly can have. The only time that you see a Hail Mary is once or maybe twice in a game if you're in a situation like that going into halftime, but it's normally the end of the game, right? So you're telling me, as a defensive back, you're going to get every advantage for the entire game my team's up by three points going into the end. You're 60 yards away from the end zone, and you've been getting every advantage all game. Let me tell you what's going to happen on that last play. Your quarterback is going to go back to throw it, and I am going to hit you so goddamn hard about 20 seconds before that fucking football gets there because there's no pass interference on a Hail Mary. No, where does this begin? Is it in the heave where they're, they're, they're catching? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm going to drill your ass at the 20. You ain't even going to make it to the yeah. end zone. Welcome to hell. Welcome to, welcome to you know, the Hall of Pain. Yeah, this is a wide receiver's worst nightmare right here. Again, this is what it does. It's putting a, a negative light on the NFL. You're going to put focus on this, you know, the one thing that's exciting in their game. This is almost as... This is almost just idiotic and asinine as when they move the extra point, which is destroyed the kicking game. Yeah, and it's it's freaked them out, and it's it, it's it's been a detriment. It's ruined some of these games. Yep, and you know who who's going to suffer from this? It's going to be the Green Bay Packers. Because Aaron Rodgers is the master of the freaking Hail Mary. I don't know how he does it. I'm not even sure Aaron Rodgers knows how he does it, let alone his wide receivers. He converts more Hail Marys than anybody inside of NFL history. And now they're taking that weapon away from You know what? You know what it is. Matt Taven and Aaron Rodgers are basically the same person. There's clearly a conspiracy going on. The Packers will be playing this season under protest just because of this stupid rule. I'd just like to throw that out there for everybody. We have the kingdom and the cheese dump. Yep, that's exactly what's going on. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for watching and or listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit Huckleberry and I, the entire HTM podcast network over at hittingthemarks.com. We'll be back in your ear holes, meh, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, with an all-new edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. There's a whole lot of wrestling going on this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to try. We're going to try to schedule things because, Huckleberry, I know you got a big week coming up inside the world of pro wrestling, too. Uh, already a busy day going on here. But, hey, don't keep up with me on social media. If you're in the southern Ohio area, we got happy hour here at Babes Cafe. Half price on all adult beverages. Get your ass here until 8 o'clock. Hey, and stay beyond there. Cause, hey, we're, we're switching We're switching gears. Uh, big fat-ass Dom's out of here. We got the lovely, lovely alley coming on. Get your ass up here. Enjoy Oldberg and SmackDown Live. We'll talk to you Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday. Who knows? Sometime this weekend at the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya.